Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. 42 degrees and cloudy here in Northeast Pennsylvania. At 3.09 on this February 1st, Thursday, February 1st, 2024. We're looking at a leap year, so we got an extra day in February this month. So is February's your thing? If you like the winter months, hey, you're going to have an extra day. So hopefully um, that works out for you. doesn't work out for me. I'm, I'm ready for some, uh, war- at least some sun. And it looks like it's coming, so that's a good thing. But we've, we've had too many cloudy days in a row. And it's just that time of year where that kind of gets to me. I like to see the sun. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. we got a great show lined up for you today. Of course, we're going to talk about your breaking local, state, national, and world news. We're also going to have Ed Morrissey from hotair.com at the 4 o'clock hour. is going to talk about a recent article he has out that just came out this morning on uh, how Fannie Willis, the district attorney in Georgia, will not recuse herself facing the mounting <laughs> mounting issues that she has, not just in this case, but in running her office as a whole, to misusing grant money, to uh, firing whistleblowers, and to having relationships uh, that could have personal gain implications. And then at the 5 o'clock hour, we are going to have Congresswoman Erin Houchin, Indiana's 9th District, United States Congresswoman, who was just down at the border, saw firsthand uh, what's going on down there, has been very much involved in the impeachment process for Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas. So we're going to look to get her uh, opinion on what's going on there, and I'm looking forward to that. She was supposed to be on yesterday. There were some votes uh, that we're going to talk about in the news today that happened in Congress. So due to an act of Congress, she couldn't be here yesterday, but she's here today. And uh, stated to me that she's looking very much forward to it. So that that's a a great thing there. I did see some breaking news uh, per WNEP-TV out of Lackawanna County where there's an investigation uh, into a suspicious death at this point. That's what it's being classified as in Dixon City, in the Dixon City area. So we're keeping our eye on that. Again, this is just breaking now. So I believe a, a 67-year-old woman was brought to the hospital I'm assuming uh, her death is involved because it is a suspicious death investigation. Uh, But that's all we know at this point. So we will uh, see what's happening there in Dixon City, and hopefully I can keep you uh, updated on that. Well, there's uh, it's that time of year where the polls are just bouncing out one after another, and we have a Franklin and Marshall College poll for February 2024. And there's a summary of findings up that shows a tight presidential race here in Pennsylvania, but showing that Casey is uh, leading pretty handily in the Senate race. Now, that's the way it's being classified. Due to the numbers I saw, he's definitely leading, definitely leading by a good margin, but pretty handily, I would uh, say uh, I'd be cautious about that. But he does have name recognition the voters in Pennsylvania have proven, regardless of his actions or inactions or what he does, you know, he comes around this time of year to say the things he's done with our tax money and how he's brought our tax money back here to us and uh, looks for that vote to, that vote again. But other than that, is he really a leader in Congress that we need here fighting for the people of 
the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. That's for the voters to decide. I know uh, where I'm leaning, but we'll see where that gets us. President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump are virtually tied among Pennsylvania voters. More than nine months before the election, a new poll shows. Now, I'll break down the poll numbers as far as who was polled. But Biden has support of 43% of voters and Trump has 42% of voters, according to this Franklin and Marshall College poll. Again, that's here in Pennsylvania. So a 43 to 42 with a 3 point something margin of error, 3.6% margin of error uh, is, is a virtual tie. And for Pennsylvania, you know, even though we, we are classified as a battleground state, Shows things are up in the air here in Pennsylvania, that the people of Pennsylvania are not happy with what's going on. The same poll shows U.S. Uh, Senator Bob Casey, a Democrat, f- in far in front of his bid for the fourth six-year term. Casey had support of 47% of voters to 35% for former hedge fund manager David McCormick, the likely Republican nominee. Just showing you where the same poll, same amount of people, and again, I'll break that down for you in a minute. 43 to 42, Biden to Trump, 47 to 35, Casey to McCormick, who is the likely Republican nominee. Just goes to show that Democrat voters who are voting for Bob Casey are instead voting for Donald Trump in this poll, as per this poll. The poll quizzes 1,006 voters, 450 Democrats, 414 Republicans, and 142 independents. So, as these polls commonly move, you know, 450 Democrats to 414 Republicans. So, it is a Democrat majority poll, and to show that 43 to 42%, and that's where I start to question that 47 to 35% for the Senate race. And this was done between January 17th and January 28th. So it is quite recent. Margin error plus or minus 3.6% means each poll number could be many points higher or lower. And again, the election is November 5th. Casey led all seven previous polls since March by 14 to 12 points, according to Real Clear Politics which compiles polling results in federal elections. The four-point lead happened in mid-January by poll Susquehanna Pola and Re- Polling and Research. On average, Casey led the previous polls by 7.2%. The Biden-Trump race is a lot closer. Real clear politics averaged that Biden at 45.3 to Trump 45.2 in Pennsylvania. In 22 polls since August, Trump led 12 Biden 9, with a tie in the other. The same Susquehanna poll had Biden up by 8 points. Though he and Trump are a tight race in Pennsylvania, voter doubts about Biden's performance remains high. Only a third of voters, 32%, said Biden is doing an excellent 11% or a good 21% job, compared to two-thirds, 67%, who rate his performance as fair, 16% or poor, 51%. Again, this is a Democrat stacked poll. 
Substantially more voters see Trump, 47%, as a more prepared to handle the economy than Biden, 37%. And economic concerns top the list when voters are asked the most important problem facing the state. A quarter, 25%, name the economy, finances, unemployment, or personal finances as the top problem. Government and politicians rank second at 11%, and crime and taxes are tied for fourth at 8%. Almost half of voters, 47%, see themselves as worse off financially than a year ago, with more than a third, 37%, saying things are about the same or and one in six, 15%, saying they're better. It's only 15% are saying they're better. Almost three in five, 57%, name other inflation, either inflation, I'm sorry, name either inflation or the cost of living as the main reason they are worse off. On the upside for Biden, only about a quarter of voters, 24%, think they'll be worse off a year from now compared to more than a third, 35%, in October. So that's come down from 35 to 24%, saying they'll be worse off a year from now. Fewer than half, 48%, think the state is off on the wrong track than in October, 55%. So we went from 55% to 48% saying the state is on the wrong track. Poll director uh, Bertwood Yost said the improvement for Biden has the potential to change what has been a static race. Now, that hasn't caught up to the political side of things. It hasn't changed the dynamics of the race yet, but it does seem to mean the underlying conditions are changing. Now, what this doesn't take into effect now is what's happened more recently, just this past couple of days, with what's now to be tomorrow— three dead American service members returning to Dover Air Force Base to return to American soil. The response, which it just boggles my mind how it has not happened yet. The deaths of these three service members happened Sunday. It's now Thursday. At this point, I'm afraid to think that whatever response is going, the start of the response, because it said it's supposed to be a tiered response, is going to happen and initiated uh, during a Friday news dump when a lot of things get buried and a lot of things people are preoccupied with their weekend events. The Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, had a press conference today that, by all means, everyone pretty much thought would focus more on a response to American service members being killed, but it turned out to be more an apology, an explanation, and gaslighting on what happened during his medical absence. And again, I, I wish nothing but the best in a full recovery for Lord Aust Lloyd Austin. But quite honestly, I would re could really care less about who he told and didn't tell at this point. Let an investigation work that out. I mean, he took ownership of it, saying he failed and he needs to do better. But... What are we, weeks now from that? And I do think it should be looked into. I think it should be reviewed. Said he has no intention of giving a resignation, no intention of asking for a resignation from his chief of staff or anyone else. But that he talked little about a response. It's kind of a, it was a, 
Stonewall of, of, you know, talking about his health and how he recommends people get screened and how this prostate cancer affects black Americans on a higher rate. It's all great talking points. It's all great advice. But when you have Americans coming back tomorrow in flag-draped coffins and we have yet to respond, our military assets are being fired at on a daily basis to where an Arleigh Burke-class destroyer yesterday had to take emergency countermeasures within 5,000 feet because a ballistic anti-ship missile got through whatever defenses there were. I want to hear about what are we doing? What message are we sending? What sanctions are we putting on Iran? What targets? I mean, part of me and a part of the, the military circles that I, that I speak to were hoping that this press conference was, as I'm speaking to you now, these targets are being destroyed. But that wasn't the case. So it appears now sometime tomorrow, tonight, a Friday news dump into the weekend when America is preoccupied trying to recharge their batteries for the week, something's going to happen, which just leads the experts that I know to think that it's not, it's going to be underwhelming at the most. And that's sad. Sad considering what's going on there. It's uh, 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 42 degrees and cloudy at 325. It appears through the text messages a lot of you is, are as angry as I am at the lack of response and um, the lack of timeliness for the response. When something like this happens, you, you have 24 to 72 hours. I, I, even 72 hours is too long in my book, but it's 24 to 72 hours. That's the window frame for a response to send a clear and concise message. We're going on, what, five days? Tomorrow, six. And I'm telling you, something's going to happen. Now, uh, what's... Let me see. It's 11.55 p.m. in Tehran right now. Iran. So 11.55 over there. That's the time difference. We'll see. Uh, I thought for sure with the press conference and the, the amount of media that was there and the, the prominence they were giving it to the buildup, uh, I thought for sure that it would be, you know, as I'm speaking to you now, the president has authorized strikes and we're currently blowing the crap out of X, Y, and Z. But that wasn't the case at all. Matter of fact, it wasn't even the topic, the main topic um, from there. But we'll see. We're going to keep on it. You know it's uh, something near and dear to me, and it's something I'm going to continue to talk about. A little closer to home here, Luzerne Borough property owners are fuming over liens filed despite not receiving sewer bills. Now, this this uh, story, and again, this is coming from uh, Bob Kalinowski over at the Citizen's Voice. Great work by him. Basically, homeowners, businesses, and such who bought properties uh, who have never received a bill are getting liens, notices of liens on their property. One of the Mark, Will Mark Williams and his father bought a building that houses their Main Street jewelry store in 2017. They say they never got a bill from Luzerne Borough Sewer Authority. 
thinking their payments to the Wyoming Valley Sanitary Authority were their only obligation. They were shocked when they recently learned that the authority placed a $509 lien on their building for unpaid sewer bills that they claim they never knew they owed. The bill from the sewer authority asked them to pay several years worth of bills and late fees. In addition, they are asked to pay a 37 a 3875 lien filing fee paid to the Luzerne County Protonary's office and a $250 in attorney's fees if they want the lien removed. William and his father's owners of uh, Marco Jewelers were not alone. The sewer authority last month filed 82 liens against Luzerne property owners. Many of also claim they never received bills or late notices prior to the liens being filed against them. We got a lien placed on this building for a bill I never saw. He said, I would have happily paid what I owed if notified. He's more upset about being asked to pay the lien filing and attorney fees. In other words, it's an extortion fee, he's saying. I don't think it costs $250 to take a lien off a property. Where is the money going? Sewer Authority, and this is where they lose me. Sewer Authority solicitor Jonathan Sporer doesn't dispute that many property owners likely didn't get bills. He said he's found most of the properties with liens were sold in recent years, and no one notified the Sewer Authority of the change of ownership. The problem traditionally is people buy property without knowing there's a local sewer fee. The sewer authority is never notified that there were new owners, and the bills keep going out to the old owner. They get the postcard every year, and they probably throw it in the garbage saying, I don't own that property anymore, the sewer authority solicitor said. Should they have gotten a bill? Of course. It's the sewer authority that was notified. Of course, if it was the sewer authority was notified, there was a new owner. The solicitor said uh, it's the property owner's responsibility to know what bills for what they sh- which they are responsible. Title companies, realtors, and real estate attorneys should notify buyers about such fees during transactions. So something like this doesn't happen again. Kind of starting to push the buck there. Which I, I, I agree, it should be found. After being presented with a list of delinquent accounts... The solicitor researched property records to identify the current owners of the properties and billing addresses. He then filed liens against those properties. He called the lien fees non-negotiable. Well, if the solicitor from the Water Authority was able to research all these properties and their billing addresses for the new owners, instead of sending a a lien, why didn't he send a final bill? Hey, we've discovered you have these bills. They're back pending. They were never paid. They go back to this date when you purchase the property. Here's the amount. You have 30 days to pay it or a lien is going to be filed. That's the proper thing to do. That's the human thing to do. That's the right thing to do because you're admitting they probably didn't get the bills to begin with. But you send a bill. You send a lien. You automatically go to lien, which entails the lien fee and a $250 lawyer fee. Now, liens on properties present them from being sold and remortgaged until the outstanding debt is paid. None of these homeowners that were interviewed dispute, hey, if, if that's what I owe, I owe. 
But my problem with this here is if the authority solicitor was able to do a check to find out who the proper owner was, why wouldn't you send a final notice with 30 days, you have this to pay, or a lien's going to be filed to try to settle that? Instead, you just send out, what was the number, Uh, 80-something liens? Let me see. 82 liens were filed. So you couldn't send out 82 final notices. You have 30 days to pay this outstanding bill that we just realized you were paying, weren't paying, or a lien's going to be filed to give these members of your community the opportunity to make it right. But you don't, and you just go right to lien tagging on a $250 lawyer fee and a lien fee when it could have been done with a simple letter saying, here's a final notice, final bill. You have 30 days. We just discovered that this hasn't been paid. And correct the problem instead of making things worse for people. People are struggling enough. This is ridiculous from the sewer authority solicitor. And, and, you know, the lien fees are non-negotiable. Well, you know what? Not knowing who the proper owner is for a sewer authority is negligence. But hopefully, hopefully this gets straightened out. This, instead of sending liens to 82 people, when you find out that you weren't billing properly because the property exchanged, changed hands, give people 30 days to make it right. But you file a lien all of a sudden. Now they have legal troubles to get that lien removed. Now they have to pay extra, 250 bucks plus the lien fee. It's incredible. I mean, why, these are elected officials who then hire solicitors who just want to make it harder to live in their communities. These are your neighbors. These are the people, your constituents. These are the people you're supposed to serve. But instead, hey, we just found out these 82 people because of a mistake in our billing because we never changed the number. Let's just send liens instead of doing the right thing. You know, shame on you, Luzerne County. It's not Luzerne Borough. Sewer Authority. Shame on you. This could have been handled much better and much different. It's uh, 334 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels, who's back. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 3.30, here in the Northeast Pennsylvania, 41 degrees on this Thursday, February 1st, 2024. Got a bunch of text messages um, saying that Pennsylvania law requires providing property owners at least 30 days advance notice that a lien may be filed if overpayments are not made. This notice must be sent via certified mail. Well, hopefully this uh, water authority, sewer authority, did not uh, do that. But now that the liens are filed, do they have to eat the cost of that? Uh, which, if they do, they'll just pass on to the ratepayers because all the money they have is from the ratepayers, right? It's incredible. A lot more text messages saying maybe those homeowners have a case. If they never received notice, hopefully it can be worked out. You know what? If the solicitor was able to do 
the searches to find out who the true property owners were, why not send a notice saying, hey, you got 30 days. This is your outstanding bill. We just found out that you were never um, on our rolls as the new homeowners going back to whatever date. Here's what you owe. Do you need a payment plan? We'll figure it out. But instead, they just get hit with a lien off the bat. So we'll see what's going on there. Let's go to the phones again. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Frank from Old Forge on the PA American Water. Frank, you were at the meetings, I assume. Absolutely, Robin. You know what? Here's what we're discovering in Northeast Pennsylvania and across America. Like, these wastewater authorities and authorities in general, they're predatory and pernicious. They don't answer to anyone. Like, it's their whim, and they say, here's the rate we want. And then the, the PUC committees, right, they do a little dance and say, okay, we'll give you half. So, Rob, this is this is huge. This is the tip of the iceberg. And you're right. Why not just send a letter? Like landlords have to send a 10-day notice certified, and then you could do a civil civil uh, complaint at the magistrate. So if, if this company is doing – if this authority is doing it at the magistrate level, it'll get tossed. Because they didn't send the 10-day demand, like you said, or a 30-day or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, it just says that the liens were filed for 82 properties. Uh, But again, if you're doing all the legwork to find out who the rightful owner is, and I understand, okay, a clerical ever happened, whatever the process is, hopefully it's fixed. I mean, it does, the article does go into how in the future they're going to look to make sure they can correct this. But the solicitor is, well, it's your job to know what bills you have to pay. And and the the filing fee and the lien and the, the, the lien fee. The lawyer fee that that's that's non-negotiable. Uh, this that's the attitude that turns the public off. That's the, you're doing the same amount of work. What's the what's the difference? Right. Send a letter and say, hey, you got 30, 30 days to good pay point. this. Rob, good point because that's punitive. It, that lawyer it didn't eighty two times two hundred and fifty. It there was no way the cost was was that amount for him to do his work on that day or two days or or whatever. Whatever happened, like, there's no way $250, like, you know what, Rob, we're the enemy. They're against us. And another point, somewhat unrelated, but directly related. As I drive around all these roads in Northeast PA, you know, the majority of the places where there's a pothole or a gabunk, a bump, is is from utilities. Like, it's not from the road and, and the road base underneath. These are... Manhole covers that aren't at the right height. These are when Pennsylvania American Water does a repair, and for three to six weeks you have to drive over this pothole. Uh, you know what, Rob? It's the utilities must be reined in. It's got to happen now. And those those state reps and state senators that were at the uh, PUC hearing, these are the guys that are in charge of the PUC doing this. Like, I wouldn't move a piece of legislation for Shapiro until they drop the rates for Pennsylvania American Water through the PUC, because those PUC guys are all appointed by, by Wolf and Shapiro. There, yeah. There's nobody, there's no freedom fighters on the, on the PUC. And, and look to build something in to hold utilities accountable for the things like you said, Frank. Frank, yeah. I, I'm, up, I'm up against the break. I appreciate right. you checking in, my friend. Take care. See you, man. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about BudgetBlinds.com. Um, go to BudgetBlinds.com. Tom and Rick, they're the owners of the local budget blinds, the experts in our area. Leader in custom window treatments. I'm telling you, 
90% more options than your big box stores. It's the thing that stuck out for me at the most. They, they literally had to wheel a cart in of their samples. They couldn't carry a book in, couldn't carry several books. Between the two of them, they couldn't even have a book under each arm. They came in with five, six, seven types of books, binders, these big binders with all types of options, different colors, different shades, different percentages, different UV protections, different styles, things I never even knew existed. Budget Blinds is proud to offer the best warranty program in the industry, including their no-questions-asked guarantee, which means you're going to save money. You're going to go through three or four sets of blinds from the big box stores that you're going to install yourself. They may be right. They may not be right, depending on your skill set. These guys are the experts. They're going to install it. They're going to manu- They're going to uh, fix them if they need to- fixing. They're going to replace them if they need replacing. Budgetblinds.com. Check them out. Tell them I sent you. You won't be disappointed. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Hey, you with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 348 here at 41 degrees on this Thursday, February 1st, first day of February. Hopefully the winter, hopefully February flies by. Winter, we start getting some spring weather. At least the sun's going to come out for the next, uh, almost next week or so, it looks like, after this weekend. So uh, things are looking up. Just a heads up, we're going to have Ed Morrissey from HotAir.com on at the 4 o'clock hour to talk about... uh, why Fannie Willis won't recuse herself with all the mounting issues she's got down there in Georgia. And we're going to have Indiana Congresswoman, United States Congresswoman Erin Houchin, who's going to talk about her trip to the border and recent votes to impeach Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas, as well as a couple other things that are going on down in Washington. Be good to get her perspective. She's over there in Indiana's 9th District, United States Congresswoman who's in the know. I heard a couple of interviews from her yesterday and today. Uh, I really like what she has to say, so I'm looking forward to getting her viewpoint on what's going on. Um, I got a lot of text messages, this this issue with the sewer authority in uh, Luzerne Borough, where the solicitor, instead of sending a final notice after doing the research to find out who 82 pr- property owners were that weren't paying their bills, immediately sends out a lien. And it's very reminiscent of the Scranton garbage fees that are still being fought at this point. Uh, let's go on the phone. We have uh, Dave from Scranton on those garbage fees. Dave. Hey, Rob. Um, I, I, just a quick comment re- regarding following Frank Stavel. You know, I was also at those hearings. I sat through both of them. And, you know, the state representatives, more than anybody, should be involved in, and should have had a better answers for the people because it was like an evidentiary hearing where we had to present, you know, our sides of the story as citizens, how we were impacted. A couple citizens did a great job of bringing real facts about the PAWC, Frank Scavo did, and a few others. I mean, amazing facts and points that could be used in the hearings coming forward. None of the state reps did any of that. They pretty much just gave little soundbite speeches, you know, talking about generalities, but no specifics. And, and that's important to note because they're the ones who have access to the most information, and they really didn't bring any to that hearing. So it was a shame. It was really a waste for them to even be there, in my opinion. And, you know, regarding this other thing that's going on, you know, it happened to me in Scranton, and this is why I'm bringing it up, because I love the fact that somebody called it extortion, because that's exactly what it is. In the city of Scranton, for years, they had issues with the uh, garbage fees, where they they couldn't even track them down. It took them years to actually, once they were taken over in 2010 by a collection agency, it took them years to even figure out who owed what and what was owed. And therefore, if you had purchased the house around that time, it may not have even shown up on a, uh, a title search. It was very common that it didn't. And you can hear hundreds of stories that relate to that. And I fell under, under that umbrella, never even knew these fees existed until I purchased my home in 2010. When the title came in my name, about a week later, a huge bill from the Scranton Sewer Authority came as well. 
and it was in my name. Now, I was never presented with an original bill. Not only was it in my name, it was in my name in collections. I have it over an 800 credit rating for a reason. I pay all my obligations. There was nothing I could do but dispute that bill, but it was already in collections. I disputed it for years by going down to the city hall once a week. They eliminated one of the years, never explained why, but left the other two. A basically $500 bill became $2,500 when Scranton decided to change the legislation and then place liens on our properties for garbage fees. Yeah. All right? And and recently they lost the lawsuit, and a lot of the garbage fees have been corrected or or waived, and some people even received a little bit of checks. That's never even been explained to the people of Scranton to really understand what happened with those garbage fees? But in your in the and, meantime, and it, based on what you said, they put it into collections. There was liens placed. Um, you know, if you got any loans during that time, you were paying a higher rate. Uh, you know, it, it dinged your credit. Uh, if you were looking to do, own a business or start a business or anything like that, th- th- there's the long term effects of that. It's not just okay. I, I we we corrected defamation. it. I, I call it defamation in a sense. You know what I mean? And, and, and like it is extortion. And it was ironic. I had a similar issue with the medical bill. It was paid by an insurance company, thus again unable to prove it was paid. And I said, I'll pay it, but I need a letter stating there are no more bills because this bill is over three and a half years old. They told me, Rob, well, we can't promise you that. And I said, well, then that's extortion because you can just continually produce bills. So this isn't uncommon in both the private or the public sector, but it definitely needs to be looked into because it's nothing more than extortion. And it's incredible because obviously the information was out there somewhere because this water authority solicitor was able to find who the true owners were in in this Luzerne borough. Why not just yeah, say, hey, here, here's a letter. Here, here's 30 days. If you need a payment plan, you need to pay. I mean, the, the the idea is not to punish someone. It's to have them pay the fees. Right. And I would have been more than well willing to pay those fees, even though I would have disputed them in the beginning. I would have paid them until they put me into collections and as a matter of principle at that point. And, and, you know, it happened down in uh, Luzerne as well. Luzerne had a computer issue. They lost tons of records. They didn't send out bills to proper addresses. They marked pro- in addresses improperly regarding taxes. And I heard the same thing said, well, you should know what your bills are. So I went down and corrected my address and everything with them. Six months later, they were still sending the bills to the wrong address. I actually used my attorney. We sent them certifieds and finally got it corrected. But they tried to take my home for $1,200, Rob. Their answer to you is you should know what bills you need to pay, but they're fine with not knowing who the proper owner of the property is. Exactly. And, you know, I can say all these things because I document everything, Rob, and it's so much deeper. But obviously, in a phone call, we can't get that deep into it. But it does prove to people that the government is not your friend. And when you say that government's compassionate, remember, they probably make more people homeless than any other entity out there. Well, and then you look into here here in this case that I'm talking about, 82 liens were filed. Okay, well, who filed the liens? Who was paid for filing those liens? Um, Who's going to be paid to remove those liens? You know, what what attorney is was contracted or what? Was it the solicitor themselves that is getting this $250 legal fee? There's a lot of questions to be asked when something like this happens because we know how things happen in small-town government where, okay, well, you have to go through this attorney to get things done or you have to do this here. But just the mere fact that it was that – the information was out there for you to find. It was that easy for you to send a notice saying, hey, we just realized when the exchange property, you never got proper notice. Here's the money that's owed since that time. You have 30 days to pay it. And it seems like most of the people were willing to pay it. Yeah, you know, and it's common knowledge in this area that you most likely need to go out of the city, out of the area, to get a lawyer to represent you because they're all in cahoots. There's no question about that. That's specifically stated continually. So the Good Old Boys Network is up and running. We're not going to dismantle it until these things are actually stated continually, daily, and not just ignored because 
Well, I had to cut you off there, Dave. We got the Bloomberg Money Minute. Sorry about that. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Uh, just know after the 4 o'clock hour when we come back, we'll have Ed Morrissey from HotAir.com to give us uh, some information on his latest article on Hot Air. Uh, also, you have the governor of New York who just signed off on a temporary plan to make it easier for illegal immigrants who are under the asylum seeker mantra now, the expanded definition from this administration, to find jobs in state government. The New York Civil Service Commission approved a measure at its January 18th meeting, and the governor signed that, is working with agencies to implement changes, including dropping application requirements like proof of high school diploma and English proficiency. I have 10,000 openings in the New York State workforce. From our operations at SUNY, I have 10,000 openings, she told reporters. So this is to give options to people, but to say we are working intensely to get work authorization these are all legal people. They're legal because they've taken illegal aliens and they've put them all under the asylum definition, knowing that it does not fit the letter of the law. But that's the talking points that they're here legally just waiting for their asylum hearing where 80% won't meet the requirements. But getting them jobs as well. It's